what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Logan Blackman Show podcast, and I am in a very, very, very good mood today, and I will tell you why. It is because I have finally, finally, and I don't know how if I've talked about this that much on my show before, but I have finally gotten my final implant. Yes, let's give a round of applause to everybody involved in the whole situation. This has been a long, long ass time for this to be coming. This all started, this whole implant process started back in January of 2009. Okay? For those of you who are unaware, it is not January 2009 anymore. It is almost December of 2021. We are almost, what is it? 13 years, 12 years, 13 years from that point. Twelve, yeah, whatever. I don't know. I don't, I I'm done with school. I don't need to know simple math anymore. But goodness gracious, I think we've talked about this one time before because I remember doing a show last December, right before I got my bone graft, because it was the day before because I had to get my tooth pulled, my my um my bridge pulled from my mouth so they could get ready to do it. So I did a show with a lisp on the entire show. But if I did not talk about it then, or even if I did, I'll go over it now. This is what happened and what led to this situation. I think it's a very intriguing story. It's not a sad story or a funny story. I, it's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, it is a kind of funny story. Because I've never heard anybody that's had a similar story to this. Maybe the second part, the first part, I, I don't think anybody's ever done before. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe someone you know has gone through this exact same experience and I just don't know who they are. Which they'll know who I am, because you know, I'm a very, very big deal. <laughs> I host a podcast. That means I am a very big deal. So, going back to January 2009, I used to sleepwalk, okay? I was a very habitual sleepwalker, I guess you could call it that. And I get that from my mom. I get that on my mom's side of the family. And we just rearranged my room, and my dresser was placed at a very, in- a very interesting spot. Let's just call it like that. Very interesting spot. So I get up, as per... Go to the bathroom, sleepwalking as per, turn around and bang, smack my face right into the corner of my dresser, which was just perfect mouth height <laughs> at the time. Now it's a lot shorter because, you know, I have grown a significant amount from that point because I was in what? 2009? What grade were we all in? Were people my age anyways? I, I don't even remember. I know I, I know I was in elementary school, fourth or fifth grade, third grade. I, I have no idea. I really have no clue. But that night, after hitting the dresser, not only did I knock out a tooth, I knocked out another tooth, the one right next, one to the right of it, and chipped my other front tooth, while also biting through my lip completely. Biting completely through my lower lip <laughs> at the exact same moment in time. And the best part about it is, I did not wake up from it. I did not. I woke up in my parents' bathroom. That's where I woke up. I don't remember, and we were talking about this day, I don't remember any pain from this scenario. My adrenaline was probably through the freaking roof at the time, so I was probably feeling, if you stabbed me, like, with a katana, I doubt I would have felt it, or cut my arm off. I wouldn't have felt anything from that moment. And this is at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous like that. I don't remember what time it was exactly. It felt late, but you were also in elementary school, so you are going to bed a lot earlier than what us cool adults do now. So we go to the ER, they pretty much just rinse it off. I don't know what they rinsed it off in. My dad said milk. I don't really remember what it was. And they basically just shoved it right back in. Shoved the tooth right back in. And then had this sort of spackle or caulking material 
that they put over my teeth to make sure it stayed in place. And I had a friend's birthday coming up. And we were going to an Iowa Energy game, which don't exist anymore. They're the Iowa Wolves now. But we were going to an Iowa Energy game. And I, unfortunately, cannot go. And my dad brought this up to me today because we were going over the story with some people we work with. And, like, when you're a kid, and I never thought about this before. When you're a kid and you have a situation like that, your brain doesn't go, wow, I just went through a very traumatic experience where I knocked out two teeth, chipped another one, and bit completely through my lip. I probably shouldn't be going out that often. I should probably be staying home and resting, healing up. No, as a kid, your brain goes, oh, I want to hang out with my friends. I want to go to a basketball game. This is going to be fun. I want to do that. I don't want to sit at home and do nothing all day. That sounds miserable, but your brain doesn't work like that as a kid. Now, looking back on it, I would have gone, yeah, Logan, you need to stay home. You ain't going to a, <laughs> you ain't going to a basketball game today. And we also, that same Christmas, this is around the time the Wii was really popular. And I just happened to get Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, which was the 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing. So this is January 2009, right after Christmas, we got the game in 2008, that December. And unsurprisingly, my mom does not want me playing, like, the running games. Because when you're running and playing Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, you're moving your arms really fast. The swimming is also moving your arms very fast. There is a chance, though small, that you could clock yourself in the face with the remote. Looking back on it, yeah, I understand where she's coming from. Makes a little bit of sense. Back then, your brain doesn't work like that. Back then, you're like, I want to play this game. I can't do anything all day anyways. You're already not allowing me to go to a basketball game with my friends. Now I've got to sit home and do absolutely nothing the entire time. Can't even play the new video game we just got on the new system we just got. But your brain doesn't work like that. So flash forward, fast forward, flash forward, fast forward a few more months. Or maybe it was a year. I don't remember exactly when this happened. Then you have braces. Where it's around the time where everybody and their kid and their their kid everybody and their kids getting braces. No, everybody and their sister or brother or whatever, they're all getting braces. So I'm hanging out with a friend. We're over at our neighbor's house. It's Tom. I'm hanging out with Tom. This is the same person, same Tom that we've been screwing up on the the picks where we absolutely sucked ass like every single week apart from the first week we did it. <laughs> it been terrible. That's that same Tom. And we were playing basketball and we we were you know. Middle school, short, white kids that can't jump. So we lower the rim. And in while lowering the rim, this is one of the things they tell you when you get braces. And you know, you don't really think about it. It's one of the things like, oh, if you take this drug, it will help cure your, I don't know, what, what drugs do, what, uh, it'll help cure your, your uh, stomach problems. But you also could get stomach cancer from it as well. You're like, I don't care. I need to do the instant gratification right now. Does Pepto-Bismol cause cancer? I, I don't know. Maybe it does. This is just a, a made-up scenario I use for this. But when you're at the orthodontist, they you tell they say, hey, there's kids that have been getting their braces caught on basketball. And that's like, yeah, okay, fine. Or like when the cop came to middle school and was telling you all the stories about things that probably didn't happen but were just scarier, just beyond scared straight things. It's like that. You don't really listen to it. You just kind of go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's how your brain works at the time. But we're hanging out, and Dwayne Wade was one of my favorite players growing up. I love Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade did this thing where he pulled himself up through the basketball rim, doing like a pull-up. So I did that and said, hey, Tom, look, I'm D. Wade, and then let go, dropping down with my however much I weighed at the time, body weight just going down and ripping my right front tooth out again. 
holding it out completely horizontally now. <laughs> my braces are all bent. The wire's bent. The tooth is sticking straight out of my mouth. And this is at like a Tuesday at about 5.10, So this is convenient timing because no dentists are open because dentists close around 5 o'clock. And this is a similar thing that happened to you and I when my tooth fell out. Happened at 5 o'clock on a Friday. So I didn't even have, I had to wait the entire weekend to bit, put the tooth back in. I had to wait till Monday to get it back in. But this one, my mom called our dentist. And this dentist has been around with my family for a while. My nana used to work for him. My mom, uh, she's gotten her teeth cleaned by him for about 30 years, what my dad said. Or maybe more than that. He's at a New York Knicks game. He ain't, he ain't in Des Moines. <laughs> he ain't fixing my teeth today. So he gets some of his friends over, his dentist buddies, and they put it back together. But the problem was I broke the root. When I ripped the tooth out with the basketball net, the root snapped. So when they put it back in, it was like, okay, we'll hope and pray that this thing gets back to normal. Like, it reattaches itself, but in all, in all honesty, it didn't come close to doing that. And in, as well as not coming close to getting reattached, it also developed an infection. So then we had to pull the tooth out completely in general. And I remember going to the oral surgeon that day and just bawling my eyes out because I'm just so scared. I don't know what's going to happen. And then it was nothing. I mean, if you've had either like wisdom teeth or just teeth pulled in general, it's really nothing. You, you're, you're out for what feels like 30 seconds and then you wake up and everything's numb. It's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. But then get pulled. Then I get the a nice denture tooth in my braces, which looked awful looking at pictures back then. And then once I get the braces off, I got a retainer, Invisalign retainer. With a tooth placed inside of it. The only problem was. It's a retainer. So it's gross. By just being a retainer. And then two. You had to take it out every single time you ate. You couldn't eat with the retainer in. So every time I took the retainer out. My tooth was out. And as a middle school kid. Your friends are like. Oh that's so cool. Do it again. Do it again. But you're like. Yeah I'd, I'd rather not. I really don't want to do this right now. I don't. I would like to keep it in as much as possible. So with that, my mom takes me back to the dentist and we get another bridge tooth. This one has little wings on the side of it and it attaches to two of my front teeth. The big front tooth on the left and the smaller tooth that's on the right of the front tooth. I'm assuming you all know what I'm talking about because you all have teeth. At least I'm assuming all of you have teeth. I guess that's a little insensitive of me to think that everybody listening to the show has teeth. I apologize for that. But that was nice. It, was, it, was, it did its job. I mean, it fell out probably twice a year. Which isn't terrible. It's a lot better than what the denture tooth did in the braces. That thing got loose at least twice a month. But then with this thing, you had to be really careful about what you ate because it wasn't the strongest material in the world. And it popped out at you and I, the one we were just talking about a little bit ago where it happened on a Friday, biting into a spring roll from Panda Express. But you know what? In hindsight, I could it could have been worse. I could have had to do... Um, what was that stupid dance marathon? I could have had to DJ that. That got me out of it because I wasn't trying to talk to people and talk on the microphone with no tooth in my mouth. I'm not really trying to do that. So it did get me out of that. So on one hand, it was nice. The other hand, I had to sit through an entire weekend without a tooth in it, and I didn't really like that. And then go a little bit further down the line, we can finally do my bone graft. Because I don't have, there's no bone up there. The tooth's gone. It's been out for years, so <laughs> there's no bone up there. So they had to take bone from my chin, or my chin, my, yeah, my chin, and put it up there to act as the new bone. That took, that put me on my ass for about a month. That's what we were talking about earlier. When I said we did the show right before that, without the tooth in, 
that was a month that I was terrible. Now, I wasn't in pain. I just couldn't really move my mouth. I couldn't really eat anything. That was what sucked. I didn't really have any have any pain or anything. And then later, we could finally do the screw. So once you get the bone in there and it heals all up, they get a little screw or a little hole, I guess. And they have a little like, I don't know what you call it, wedged thing where the screw could go in. They screwed that up into the bone. And then now we had to wait for that to heal. And then today, on November 18th, 2021, we got the official tooth. And we had like a little bridge tooth in there as well, or a little temporary thing. That was not the same color, but I only I could really notice it because I'm hyper analytic of myself. <laughs> so if I notice I'm doing something, I think everybody else does, even though it's nothing that big. It's something very minuscule. Like my tooth that was in my, the bridge tooth before I got the bone graft done, it was way smaller than my other teeth, but I noticed it. No one else really said anything to me about it. Maybe everybody noticed it and they were just trying to be nice or just made fun of me behind my back. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it was a different color and it had a little thing on the side of it so food would get caught in it. it was not, it's not a very pleasant thing, but it worked. It did its job. And now I've got the official implant done. It is done. It has been since January 2009. Okay? That is a long-ass time, and we're finally done with it. I had my fake tooth knocked out during football games. I had to cut an elbow during a basketball game. I popped my tooth out when I had braces on with my mouth guard. I was mid-cadence, put it in, and boop! Or no, I didn't have braces at the time. I had That was just the bridge one. But I popped my bridge tooth out with the <laughs> when I had braces doing push-ups. Yeah. Because I bit down on my mouth guard too hard. That's a different one. But this one's mid-cadence. Mid I had to go out. I was like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? I couldn't do anything with it. I, I had to... This is an expensive-ass tiny tooth. I couldn't just stick it in my sock. I might lose it in the turf. I ain't doing that. <laughs> I'm not paying for another one. You just have the one you have. They'll rinse it off again. They put it back in. I ain't trying to find it amongst the turf after people have just probably ran over it. So I went out and gave it to my sister. <laughs> but that thing popped out all the time. Now, if it pops out, my entire mouth is coming with it. <laughs> there is there is very little things that will break this off. This thing's stronger than a real tooth. Like, there ain't nothing that I can think. Knock on wood, obviously, that could knock this puppy out. Like, it's got bone from my chin. It's got a freaking screw in it. What is knocking this out? Tell me, <laughs> this, ain't no, this ain't no tooth, little wimpy tooth. If I ran into a dresser now, the dresser's going to knock over. Yeah, and the dresser ain't knocking me out this time. <laughs> oh, man, but it is nice. It is nice to finally be done with all of this. It has been a trip and a half. Good freaking Lord. I know my parents are happy it's done, too. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. I was ready to be done with it. And now it is. Completely done. And we can give a round of applause. I know they're not listening, but thank you to all the dentists, orthodontists, my parents, my grandparents, family members, just everybody that was involved in this. I guess Tom to a certain extent as well, because he was there when I ripped it out the second time. <laughs> so I guess Tom deserves somewhat of a, a thanks or a blame or a double burn. I don't know. He was there. Uh, he could. He's just as guilty as ripping it out as the basketball net is because he was there. Guilty by association is how I'm going to view it. But yeah, fun. And I posted a picture on my Instagram, so make sure you go and follow Logan Blackman Show and me on all forms of social media. 
Instagram is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram is the Logan Blackman Show 1. Twitter account is Logan underscore Blackman. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Just search Logan Blackman Show. Go like the Facebook page as well. And since you're listening to the show right now, make sure you're following the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and give a rating on Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. And now to the fun stuff. The very, very fun stuff. Sports. Not Logan's sob stories about missing teeth and all that, which I don't. some people find cool. But when you have a missing tooth and you're not a professional athlete, it's not something that you really look proud upon. I lived down in Oskaloosa for two years. I saw some people with missing teeth, and they weren't football players, and you looked at them and were like, yeah, uh, you're a little different. <laughs> There's something, something missing. But you're a professional athlete, like a hockey player or a football player, it's like, oh, that's sweet. Man, or a boxer. Like, that's what you want when you're getting you're getting physical and all that stuff. When you're just a normal person and you didn't get it knocked out from a sport and you're walking around no tooth in, you get a little weird looks. Get a few weird looks every now and again. <laughs> like Cole Beasley, the Buffalo Bills receiver, he has no he has a missing front tooth. I remember at the same time I knocked my tooth out, Tyler Hansborough, when he was at North Carolina, knocked his tooth out. Or got his tooth knocked out. I guess he didn't willingly knock his tooth out. Oh, man. Like, that's always the weird part of how to say it. Like... Oh, yeah, I got my tooth knocked out. No, you didn't got it knocked out. <laughs> Something knocked it out. I did not want it to get knocked out. Like, I got my tooth pulled. I got a haircut. You don't say if someone walked up to you randomly and cut your hair, you don't go, oh, I got a haircut today. No, you say some freak cut chopped off my hair. I didn't get my tooth knocked out. <laughs> I mean, I did later, but not willingly the first two times. <laughs> The dresser knocked my tooth out. I did not go there going, yeah, you know what? I'm going to sleepwalk and ram right into a dresser. Oh, man. It's weird. I didn't. I don't remember feeling a lot of pain from either experience, even though they're not the, the prettiest prettiest times. They don't, don't really give out the prettiest pictures. And they hurt. I would assume it hurt. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't remember crying after either one. I remember tearing up the second time because my dad was upset and it was right after you know the dentist closed and all that it wasn't really from pain I was crying more from getting the numbing shots at the dentist from that night get it yammed back in my mouth goodness gracious but we got some fun games going on this weekend in the world of sports in the world of sports we got some college football action going on this week so we got some top 25 games to look forward to this weekend Memphis and Houston is on tonight so you guys will know the score of uh, Friday night Friday night not tonight Friday night, you guys will know the score of that one. I will not at this point in time. And UNLV is hosting San Diego State. And then we go around the top 25 on Saturday. We got Iowa and Illinois. Who? Iowa is getting into that realm of schedule right now where we are getting into prime time 11 o'clock Big Ten Network kickoffs. Sadly, though, for the third straight week, this is not a primetime Big Ten Network game. And when you say primetime Big Network, Big Ten Network game, this ain't primetime like 7 o'clock. That ain't primetime on Big Ten Network. 11 o'clock is primetime on Big Ten Network. But Iowa and Illinois, they're playing at 1 on Saturday on FS1. I, I'm pretty sure Alex Padilla is still starting. I guess I haven't talked to anybody from Iowa, so I don't really know. I haven't really been following it that closely. But based off the Minnesota game, even if Petras is healthy, start Padilla. And we talked about this on Monday. It wasn't like it was the greatest performance I've ever seen in my entire life, but it was a whole hell of a lot less frustrating to watch Alex Padilla play than it was Spencer Petras. 
because Alex Padilla can at least move. That's what you want to see. I don't want to see a freaking statue back there that not only can't move, but is also not accurate either. If you're not accurate, at least move around a little bit, make it at least somewhat exciting. But yeah, I Padilla would, should start the rest of the season. I think this is just like Rudock and Bethard again. The fans want Bethard. Rudock's going to start until the bowl game, and then we'll finally see a benching, and then it'll be over. But this time, it got a, an injury against Northwestern, which he's throwing bad his entire Iowa career. Has his, his entire Iowa career been injured? And it's just at this point, now it's at its breaking point, conveniently after scoring only seven points against Purdue and Wisconsin, looking like the worst offense in college football, having a worse offense than Kansas. And now he's hurt. Conveniently, he's hurt. Oh, he wasn't bad. He's just not, he's hurt. And then as we watch, I know Zach Wilson's hurt in the NFL, but watching him become a Heisman candidate and watching him get drafted second overall, it hurts a little bit more now. It hurt quite a bit last year when you when people talked about it, when Iowa fans talked about it, when I talked about it, it hurt. To know, oh, Zach Wilson was a Hawkeye until an article was posted that Russ Petrus to sign a scholarship at Iowa. And back then, I'm pretty sure people would have gone, oh, we got Zach Wilson. This dude broke all Jared Goff's high school records. We signed no-name Zach Wilson from Utah? I guarantee that's how it would have gone. But now in hindsight, dude that broke Jared Goff's records, is this the Jared Goff from the Rams that went to the Super Bowl or the Jared Goff that's playing for the Detroit Lions right now? That's what we're talking about right now. <laughs> Zach Wilson, jeez, baller at BYU. He's going to be a baller in the NFL, even though I it makes it hurts because he plays for the Jets. We talked about this on Wednesday. I've defended him thousands of times, and I'll keep defending him. And though we're not talking about the NFL right now, while we're on the topic of Zach Wilson, Mike White got benched, unsurprisingly. It's just like the Kyle Allen thing. But Kyle Allen's success was more of around six weeks opposed to one and a half. Because remember, he got hurt against the Colts. But yeah, this job was never Zach's to lose. Zach was not losing his starting job. We said that right after the Bengals-Ravens game, or the Bengals-Jets game. That Zach Wilson is not losing his starting job off of one game. Like, it's... And then he, Mike White throws four interceptions against the Bills. Three terrible ones. The first one, again, will give him off because his arm got hit. We'll give him off on that one. But the three picks after that were atrocious. And now we get to see Joe Flacco starting again for the New York Jets, which is beautiful. But back to college football. We got other games going on this weekend. Charleston Southern versus Georgia. Barn burner of a game. No, not even a line for that one. Then we got Michigan State, Ohio State which is a very intriguing one, and I'd like to talk about this one a little bit. So this game is at 11 o'clock, which sucks, but it's on ABC. It's not on Big Ten Network, which is a shame. It's a damn shame that this game is has escaped the grasp of the Big Ten Network. And why this game is geez, intriguing, to me anyways, is the line. Have you guys seen the line for this game? 19. It was 18 and a half like an hour ago. Now it's 19. And on one hand... There's two things to think about in this. On one hand, I'm not surprised at all. You've seen how bad Michigan State's defense has been this year. They give up 443 yards a game. They give up 329 yards passing through the... Jeez, passing a game. I almost said passing through the air, obviously. 
You saw what Aiden O'Connell did to them. C.J. Stroud, Garrett Wilson, uh, freaking Chris Olave, Jackson Smith. Is he gonna? I can't even say his last name. Jigba. I'm sorry, I haven't seen, I haven't heard his name pronounced in a little bit. I forgot. I'm sorry. I know he's leading the team in receiving this year. Trey Henderson, baller. Like Michigan State, I have talked about them a lot this year, and rightfully so. We said Kenneth Walker should win the Heisman this year. I think everybody's talking about Michigan State this year. Heck, Mel Tucker is about to sign, or might sign, or it's being brought up to him, a 10-year, $95 million contract. 10 years, 95, that's John Gruden money. 10-year, $100 million. That's 5 mil less than John Gruden got in the Raiders. And both are equally strange. <laughs> Because Mel Tucker has really transformed Michigan State. I'll give him 100% credit on that. But he's had this is one year. I think this is just to stay away from the LSU job. If they offer him this kind of money, this is just to stay away from the LSU job. Because that is going to be talked about that on Wednesday as well. And that's going to be a very hot, take, hot button issue in Michigan State. They want to keep Mel Tucker as much as possible. Throw, throw as much money on the table as you can to keep him. But their defense stinks. That's the problem. And also, the other issue we've got on hand here is, can Peyton Thorne keep up with Ohio State? We have no issues with Kenneth Walker. No issues with him. But if the game starts going and Ohio State keeps scoring the points, will the passing offense for Michigan State be able to keep up? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Because Ohio State's run defense is not that bad. It's not, it's not amazing, but it's not that bad. You have about just over 107 yards a game. Kenneth Walker has been balling out this year. And is 19 and a half, or 19 a little crazy? Yeah. I think that's a little strange seeing how Michigan State's the seventh ranked team in the country. But I'm also not surprised because it's at Ohio State and Michigan State's defense stinks and Ohio State looks to be in a real rhythm right now. Like, you just saw what they did to Purdue last week. This is a Purdue team that just beat Michigan State and slaughtered Iowa. Which I, I kind of just needed to bring Iowa in because they were a top-five team at the time they beat them. So, I mean, I'm not putting Iowa on the same levels as Michigan State or Ohio State. I think Iowa would get slaughtered by both of them. But, yeah, it, it's a weird one. It really makes you think, are they just giving this one? I don't. Is there really a reality where Michigan State loses this by 19? Like, I can understand... Like, to a certain extent, I'm confused. I, like, I don't know what to think about this game at all. Because would I think Ohio State could win by two touchdowns? Yeah. Do I think they could win by three? I, I don't know. It's a very intriguing one. Either way, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be very, very exciting. Like, their points per game average, 46 for Ohio State. <laughs> that is a load. 46 points a game. This is the same. We're just doing like common opponents here. Ohio State beat Indiana fifty-four to seven. Michigan State beat Indiana twenty to fifteen. Michigan State lost Purdue forty to twenty-nine. Ohio State beats Purdue fifty-nine to thirty-one. Like we're looking at just common opponents here. Ohio State has throttled <laughs> some teams. Michigan State has struggled to beat, and I know Purdue ended up scoring thirty-one points. That game, that is not a testament to how bad they got brutalized on this game. Like it was br- Ohio State was they were done at halftime. The game was done and done. It was forty-five to seventeen at halftime. The game was over. <laughs> so the fact that Purdue scored fourteen points in the third quarter 
I don't care. <laughs> it was a lot worse than 59 to 31. But that's just weird. 19. 19. 19. And then there's one that I don't know if a lot of people would expect it as the year started. 9-1 Wake Forest were 7-3 Clemson. Now, I don't think if you flip the records around, I don't think that would have been surprising to people. Clemson losing to Georgia. Wake Forest has a pretty decent team. So, yeah, you kind of expect them to go 7-3 at this point. But 9-1 versus 7-3. Clemson's unranked and Wake Forest is number 10. That's weird. That is very weird. And what was also weird, this is about Wake Forest. I saw a... Uh, a draft prospect ranking or draft quarterback draft prospect ranking today. They had Sam Hartman at one. That kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm not saying Sam Hartman's not a good player. He is, but number one, number one, ha, huh. that's that is very, very intriguing that you'd put him at number one. Now I'm not going to say it's right or wrong because hell, what do I know? This is what we talked about. Can't miss prospects. Anybody can bust. Anybody can be wrong in the NFL draft. That's the beauty and the curse of the NFL draft. But do I think Sam Hartman's number one? Well, obviously not. We went through the rankings on Wednesday at him at number eight. So obviously not. I don't have a number one. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a chance he could slide up this week because Clemson's defense, though their offense is such complete dick this year, their defense is still good. It's still a very good defense. 300, 308.9 yards per game. Wake Forest averages just under 500 yards a game. That is ridiculous. They average 44 points a game, almost 45 points a game. Clemson averages 24, but they give up only 15 on average. But every game Clemson has been in has been relatively close, apart from the last game against UConn, because that doesn't really count as UConn. Like Louisville, 30-24. to Florida State, 30-20. to Pitt, they lost 27-17. Syracuse, 17-14. to and then you got Boston College, 1913. NC State, 27 21. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, 14 8. And then Georgia, 10 3. Like, this game's going to be close. Clemson is favored by 4.5 in this game. But Wake Forest, they're fun. Can wait. I know Clemson's defense has been fine this year. But Wake Forest is. <laughs> they put up yards. And Sam Hartman's balling out this year. So I would not be surprised if Wake Forest upset them, which is kind of weird to say because Wake Forest is a top 10 team. <laughs> Clemson's unranked, but Clemson's the favorite in that one. Next game, we got Ohio State, Oklahoma on Fox. I don't know who's starting. I don't know. Caleb Williams got benched against Baylor last week. Spencer Rattler came in. I don't know if they've announced who's starting or they're going to do a two-quarterback thing. Either way, it's going to be a weird one. I know Iowa State's played kind of weird this year. It'd be really upsetting for Iowa State if they went 6-5 and five after this game, after this was being the best season. This would be very on-brand for Iowa. Okay, you come off a beast, well, I guess they're not BCS Bowls anymore, but you come off a giant BCS Bowl win. Win the Fiesta Bowl. Iowa wins the Orange Bowl. Expectations are through the freaking roof the next year. You came out of kind of nowhere, and then you're one of the best teams in college football. And you beat another really good team. And the next year, everybody returns. Like Iowa, when they won the Orange Bowl, everybody essentially returned. It was going to be the national championship chasing year. Same thing with, you could do the Rose Bowl, I guess, too, for Iowa. Even though they got shit stomped by Stanford, you could still say they brought pretty much everybody back. Desmond King's coming back off winning the Thorpe Award. Bethard's back. 90% of the team's back. Same thing with Iowa State. I think they brought up back every starter on both offensive defense apart from one. 
And that might not even be right, but they might have brought everybody back. And then you start the season off 7th, I think, or 7th or 8th or ninth, somewhere in that range starting the season off. And now at this point you're 6-4 and four and have lost to Texas Tech and West Virginia and got killed by Iowa and lost to Baylor. Those are games that prior to the season starting, I didn't think they, I, well, I, I think I did say they'd lose to West Virginia because I said that's a tough place to play. Now, I didn't think it, they'd lose the way they did, but I, did th- I do think I said that was one of the games they'd lose this year. I said probably West Virginia and Oklahoma, if I remember right. I said 10-2. and two. I did not think they'd beat Iowa. Like we said Wednesday, I don't know if there's an Iowa fan out there that, or when did we say this? Wednesday or Monday? I don't remember. I don't know if there's an Iowa fan out there that actually thought in their their hearts that Iowa would be better than Iowa State. And they are. And they killed Iowa State when they played them. So yeah, this is on brand for Iowa. This is just Iowa sports in general. If you're new to Iowa sports watching, welcome. This is what they always are. Iowa, Iowa State, oh, we were good last year? Well, let's be average the next year. Let's totally not live up to expectations. Nor are close to expectations, actually. Unranked and not challenging for a Big 12 title or anywhere close to challenging for the College 12 playoff. That was the preseason goal. <laughs> I know Matt Campbell said it's not. It is. You might not need to say it. In your head or heart, wherever, you, you want to win a national championship. You want to win a conference championship. You want to win a big-time bowl game. Maybe not national championship because we all know, you know, it's kind of a monopoly at this point between Oklahoma, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, those guys. Throw Georgia out until this year because Georgia was kind of in it. Never win it. <laughs> they were like the, the, the Notre Dame or the Pac-12 school that got ca- called in to get slaughtered and then leave. <laughs> or the Big 12 school, I guess, too, because that's what Oklahoma's had a pretty big thing of doing this year. But, yeah, that will be fun. I, that would be very on brand for Iowa State as well. Lose some garbage teams and then beat Oklahoma and Texas in the same year. That would be very on brand for Iowa State. That would be very, very on brand. Oh, man, but Oklahoma's a three-and-a-half point favorite there. It is in Norman, Oklahoma at Memorial Stadium. Then we got AM taking on Prairie View AM. I mean, Prairie View AM's 7-2. They got a better record than AM's or Texas AM. So, who knows? Who the hell knows with this game? Uh, Tennessee State, Mississippi State. So if you caught on, this is essentially the SEC bye week, which everybody's familiar with at this point, where most of the conference plays an FCS school or barely FBS team. That's what's going on right now. So Mississippi State is taking on Tennessee State. Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. It's the same Georgia Tech team that lost to Clemson by six. They are 3-7 and seven or 17-point underdogs to Notre Dame, which is kind of ridiculous thinking about it like this. Notre Dame is a 17.5-point favorite over 3-7 Georgia Tech. Ohio State's a 19-point favorite over 7th-ranked 9-1 Michigan State. That is really funny <laughs> and very weird. Uh, next one, we got Alabama-Arkansas. That could be fun. But if Arkansas plays anywhere close like they did against Georgia, this game will suck complete dick. That game sucked. That is the, one of the worst games I've ever watched because of the fact I would thought I was all in Arkansas's bandwagon. I thought they'd be able to at least cover. The line was 20. Lost by freaking, what, 31? But they are coming off a nice win against Mississippi State. They have been in nice form recently. Even though they lost three straight games, they've won three in a row. They beat Arkansas Pine Bluff, Mississippi State, and then beat LSU in a rivalry game. That's what you want. And you're taking on the number three, number two team in the nation, Alabama. Is Alabama going to win? Yeah, totally. They're going to win. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, they are. And then the other one, another top five game, we have SMU and Cincinnati. This is an intriguing one. 
So there was a little poll on ESPN earlier this week. There's a few top five teams that are playing some decent, unranked teams this week. This is one of them. And this is the game that I think, if there was an upset to happen... Wait, was... Okay, there's two. The two that I think are going to happen. Maybe not going to happen, but this is... Ah. Once we get to the other one, then I'll decide which one I think is more likely to happen. But the way Cincinnati's been playing recently... Like, they ended up beating USF pretty good. They ended up beating Tulsa and Tulane pretty good. But they were close games for a little bit. It was 14-12 in both the games against Tulane and Tulsa. And now you're taking on SMU with Oklahoma court transfer Tanner Mordecai, who famously benched, got put in for Spencer Rattler against Texas last year when Spencer Rattler got benched. And now they're going up against the Cincinnati Bearcats, who everybody is, who's one, the dark horse, the people that are anti-college football playoff, Oh, this is the team that needs to go in because, you know, there's always those people every single year. But for the people that don't want Cincinnati in, these past few weeks are examples of why they don't think they should be in. Do I think they should be in? Yeah. Do I also agree with the people that, oh, you lost a one-ranked team in Alabama? No, Alabama is the second-best team in college football. I don't care if they lost to freaking Texas A&M. I would put Cincinnati over Oregon easily. Oregon lost to Stanford. I don't care if they beat Ohio State. Stanford has sucked ever since beating Oregon. And Oregon's the third best team in college football. I don't get why people are complaining. I understand kind of but people are complaining about Alabama. More of the fact that they just don't like Alabama rather than the fact that they are really good. And they are the second best team in college football. Those who have not complained about Oregon, I would kind of ask, why have you not complained about Oregon at all? Oregon almost got played close against Cal. Let's not take this away and go, oh yeah, Oregon deserves to be number three. Alabama does not because they beat Ohio State. Do you think if those two teams played now, Oregon would beat Ohio State? Hell no. CJ Stroud's, I think, second start. Obviously, it wasn't going to be a pretty one, and they still almost beat them. If they played now, Ohio State would blitz them. Oregon should be ranked fifth. If I was doing the college football playoff poll, I know a lot of butthurt Cincinnati people are going to want Cincinnati to be number two. Are they better than Alabama or Ohio State? No. I don't think they are. I could be proven wrong, and I'd be welcome to prove wrong because I love Desmond Ritter. I like what they're building in Cincinnati. But I would rank it Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Cincinnati. Oregon at five. I was shocked when Oregon jumped up as high as they did in the first college football playoff ranking. Because if you want to do the whole thing of Ohio State should be below Oregon because Oregon lost or beat them, why is Michigan State behind Michigan? Like, we could do that as well. And everybody knows the college football playoff makes no sense anyways, and it's just, like we said, a monopoly, which is stupid. But does Cincinnati deserve, is, ours, is Cincinnati better than Ohio, Alabama and Ohio State? I don't think so. I watched them struggle against Navy, Tulane, and Tulsa. Okay, I don't think they're the second best team in college football. I think they deserve a spot in the college football playoff, but that's a little different. They could be ranked anywhere in there. Two, three, or four. They definitely ain't better in Georgia. If Georgia doesn't win the national championship this year, I'll be shocked. But Cincinnati deserves a chance over Oregon. I I don't want to hear the Alabama thing. Oregon is the team they deserve to have a chance over. But this game against SMU will be freaking tough because SMU throws the crap out of the ball. Much like West Wake Forest, this team averages two yards less than 500 yards a game. This team throws the ball all over the place. And I know they lost to Memphis and Houston, 
This team's, they, they're nice. <laughs> and Houston's good too. Memphis, not really, but Houston's a good football team. And Cincinnati, like we said, have struggled in their last four games at some point during the games. I know they ended up beating Tulane and USF by double digits, but there were times it looked a little ropey. First drive of the game, they fumbled on the first play. Second drive of the game, you almost throws a pick six. So, like, there's some ropey points throughout these games. And SMU is a damn good football team. Tanner Mordecai is a decent quarterback or good quarterback for this team. That'll be a fun one. 2.30 on ESPN. Then we got Michigan-Maryland. Michigan's favored by 15. Michigan run the ball down their throats. They should be fine. Nebraska-Wisconsin. Oh, God. Disgusting game. I just spit because of that game. I'm not even going to talk about that. We're not going to dignify that with a response. Virginia-Pitt could be fun. Virginia-Pitt could be fun because Brennan Armstrong, who sat out against Notre Dame, I think he's expected to play this week against Pitt. He's their entire offense. We've talked about this before. Brennan Armstrong, if he plays, could make this interesting. Do I think Virginia will win? No, I do not. Their defense sucks complete, Dick. I think Pitt will win fairly easily. I just think it'd be kind of fun with Brennan Armstrong going up against Kenny Pickett. Then we got UAB versus UTSA, 7-3 versus 10-0. Could be fun. ESPN Plus at 230, the Roadrunners taking on the Blazers. Should be a fun one. We BYU, Georgia Southern, Syracuse, NC State, Baylor, Kansas State, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. I mean, I don't know if Matt Corral will play or not. I know Sam Howe, we talked about, is not going to play against Wofford or is not maybe not play against Wofford. I might sit Matt Corral against Vanderbilt. I know he's not going to want to, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't. You're favored by 36 and a half points versus an SEC school. Okay, <laughs> you should be fine here. He's definitely hurt. And then Oklahoma State versus Texas Tech could be fun as well. But the other game that I was talking about with the possible upset is Oregon-Utah. Uh, Utah is a very tough place to play. But, like, just the state in general. BYU, Provo-Utah for BYU, and Salt Lake City for Utah. Those are insane places to play. And Oregon, we go over their recent games, like, they have not played their greatest brand of football. They struggled against Washington. They struggled against UCLA. They struggled against Cal. They lost to Stanford. And they struggled against Fresno State. They did a decent game against Washington State, but they even struggled to a certain extent there. It was 14-14 at halftime. Like, Oregon is not the third best team in college football. I, I don't... I We said this before. I understand to a certain extent why people are mad at Alabama being number two, but it's all based on the fact that you just don't like Alabama. And they win all the time. Which we've talked about. I hate that people think like that. Oh, they win all the time. Let someone else win. Well, stop them then. I know it's easier said than done, but good Lord. You hate Alabama that much. What have they done to Iowa or Iowa State that makes you hate them that much? Nothing. They'd slaughter both of them. Oregon, everybody liked Oregon growing up. Marcus Mariota was everybody's favorite player. They should not be the third best team in the nation. They're not. <laughs> I don't care if they beat Ohio State. We proved that that didn't matter when you moved Michigan above Michigan State. That it didn't matter anymore. Ohio State is better than Oregon. Cincinnati is better than Oregon. If I had to redo the top 10 of college football, how would we make it look? I don't know, because that bottom half of the top 10 is freaky. (laughs) Oklahoma State, Wake Forest, Baylor, and Ole Miss. That's 11 and 12 in there, too. But that is weird. That is off. This rankings list is so weird just because of how many weird to Houston, UTSA, Arkansas is in the top 25. Then we got San Diego State, NC State, Wake Forest, a top 10 team. Oklahoma State's number nine. 
good lord, this is just the weirdest top 25 <laughs> ever. And if you look at the, the AP poll, you got Louisiana in the top 25. They're number 22. Louisiana raging Cajuns with a very nice quarterback in their own right, Levi Lewis. We talked about that with when we were talking about the quarterback prospect rankings on Wednesday. About Liberty versus Louisiana will be awesome. This game, again, like we said, is at 3 o'clock on ESPNU. Watch this game. If you did not watch Liberty versus Ole Miss because it was on that gosh darn SEC network, watch Liberty versus Louisiana. Please. 3 o'clock, ESPNU. Malik Willis versus Levi Lewis. Both these teams average above 30 points a game. This will be fun. This is not going to be a lower-level FBS school taking on an SEC team. This is two lower-level <laughs> FBS schools, but two very good lower-level FBS schools. Oh, it's going to be fun. I would very much recommend you watch the game. Uh, Saturday, 3 o'clock Central Time on ESPNU. Other games you can watch that are outside of the top 25 this weekend, we got you and I versus Western Illinois. Could be fun. Western Illinois is a little better than what expected. I know they're 2-8, and eight, but that's still better than their expected win total, which is always 0-1. to one. They got two. So congratulations to them on getting two wins on the season. Any games, other games? Oh, Wake Forest, or Wake Forest. Nevada versus Air Force. This will be fun. Run offense versus a pass offense with Air Force's really good defense. 8 o'clock FS1 Friday night. That's the game you should watch. If you're watching a college football game on Friday, that's the game you should watch. Arizona, or not Arizona, Cheese. Uh, Air Force versus Nevada. There's so many games I got on my screen right now, it's kind of all morphing together into one. Any other intriguing games watched in Colorado, I guess, could be kind of fun. Could it? It could be kind of fun. <laughs> if you believe, it could be really fun. Texas, West Virginia, could be, could be fun. Wait, Rutgers, Penn State, Purdue, Northwestern, it, it could be fun. Florida State, Boston College. <laughs> You can watch Bailey Zappi and Western Kentucky Hilltoppers take on Florida Atlantic if you want to watch that game. It's not on TV, but if you wanted to watch it, you could go to the game. It's at uh, Hutchins Industries LT Smith Stadium, Bowling Green, Kentucky. If you want to watch that one, that one could be a pretty decent game, maybe, if you just want to watch Bailey Zappi play. <laughs> oh, my God, Minnesota. Oh, there we go. Minnesota, Indiana. That's the Big Ten Network game of the week. Hell, yeah. 6-4 Minnesota taking on 2-8, and 0-7 oh in the Big Ten, Indiana. Oh, two insane passing offenses right there. Florida, Missouri. Could be kind of fun. SEC Network at 3 o'clock. Could be a decent game. UConn versus UCF. Awesome game. Kansas TCU. Can Kansas bounce back and get another dub against another Texas team in TCU? Probably not, but it'd be kind of cool. UCLA, USC at 3 o'clock. So flip back and forth between Liberty, Louisiana, and USC, UCLA. Watch Dorian Thompson-Robinson play. It's on Fox. We talked about the game on Wednesday, which you could see the, the two teams wearing the home uniforms. That could be fun. Another California rivalry, Cal versus Stanford. 6 o'clock on Pac-12 Network. That could be kind of fun game. Very historic rivalry. Virginia Tech versus Miami. Well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, not the other fun games on. You got Louisville versus Duke on Thursday night, which is tonight, but... You guys will know the score of that one. You Hopefully you watch Malik Cunningham ball out against Duke because he should totally have a really nice game against a pretty terrible Duke Blue Devils defense. And another game that's on Thursday is the Patriots and the Falcons. Patriots are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They just blitzed the Cleveland Browns last Sunday, and now they're going up against the Falcons. They're favored by 6.5. The Patriots should kill them, I would imagine. Like, the Falcons have had their moments this year. They've had 
some moments at times this year. Like, they beat the Saints. That was pretty cool. And then he lost to the Cowboys by 40 after they just lost to the Broncos. Huh. And your average, you give up about 30 points a game. 29.2 points a game given up. In your last five games, the only game you've given up less than 20 was a loss to the Panthers. We gave up 19. Ugh, God. I hate this. I really hate this. Why are the Patriots suddenly getting good? They've killed three of their last four teams they played. They got, I mean, better to be lucky than good against the LA Chargers. They got a couple picks off of Justin Herbert. Pick six. Chargers didn't play their best game. Chargers didn't play their best game against the Vikings either and lost. But man, I ain't watching Thursday Night Football. I ain't watching Patriots beat up on the Falcons. I don't want to watch that. I like Mac Jones a lot. I hate that he's on the Patriots. The fit makes sense. I mean, I'm not mad about the fit. I mean, it makes I would draft him too if I was the Patriots. But it just makes me mad because he's good, and I, I like him, and I don't want him to be good and like him because he's on the Patriots. I can't do that. It's the problem about doing draft stuff because you start liking these prospects, and then they go to teams you despise. Like Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. I defended these guys the entire offseason, then they just go out and sign with the Jets and Patriots? Where's the loyalty here? Like, come on. Why could you draft, like, I don't know, Davis Mills or something? Someone like that. Ian Book. Why, why, why not draft those guys second and 15th? Why let Zach Wilson and Mac Jones go to these terrible franchises? It's terrible. It's a shame, and I'm sorry. And then we got games on Sunday. You got the Bills, Colts. I mean, the Bills are favored by seven. The Bills should totally win the game, but like we said on Monday or Wednesday, I don't remember. Jonathan Taylor, rush for over 100 yards, get a touchdown, but that's the only touchdown you get in the game. 45 to seven. That's what we need. I need one touchdown from you. That's it. You're going to get 100 yards, even though the Bills' rush defense has been really good this year, and it's rainy, of course, because, you know, the Bills can't play a single game, it feels like, anymore without rain being involved. I think half their games this year have been with some sort of precipitation, whether it's rain, snow, sleet, whatever. I was at one of them, the Chiefs game, where they beat the Chiefs by 18 points, which is awesome. Biggest loss of Patrick Mahomes' career until they played the Titans in the next week and lost by, what, 24? But yeah, Jonathan Taylor's awesome. Jonathan Taylor is awesome. And I, I, we were, I, I don't know if anybody else watched this. I kind of just brought this, kind of just popped my head right now. I don't know how many of you watched Hard Knocks last night, but I, I enjoyed it. I like Hard Knocks in general, and I was kind of, I was talking to my dad beforehand. I was like, it's going to be intriguing how they do this because there's no practice squad players to really fall in love with for Hard Knocks. Because every year in Hard Knocks, you always go gravitate towards the people that are like barely practice squad and might make the team, might not make the team, but you love them because you're like, oh man, their story's so cool. Like the first episode, we followed Carson Wentz, Darius Leonard, and Jonathan Taylor. The three best players in the Indianapolis Colts, apart from DeForest Buckner. You could throw Carson Wentz out there, put DeForest Buckner in there. But the other two stand. But like, what? who are we going to fall in love with? We saw the two offensive linemen get announced there having babies. Like, how many girls are on this team? Like, every single wife or girlfriend on this freaking Colts team is pregnant, and they're all having girls. <laughs> I don't think I saw a single son. Darius Leonard has two girls. Carson Wentz has a girl and another one on the way. Ryan Kelly, the center, has a girl on the way. Another alignment has a girl on the way. Good lord. 
But no, I really enjoyed it. Jim Ursay doing the We Will Rock You thing was super cringy, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Them talking about how great Jonathan Taylor has been this year has been awesome because he's on my fantasy team, and I love that as well. So yeah, just score a touchdown and then end it. That's all you need. One touchdown and 100 yards, but don't win. That's all I'm asking for you. <laughs> Bills played really good last week. Continue the good stuff. You're right back at home, finally. Uh, we got the Ravens and Bears. Could kind of be fun. Justin Fields versus Lamar Jackson, two of the more exciting quarterbacks in the NFL. Ravens need a bounce back. Bears need a confidence booster because, you know, last week, kind of getting blown by the refs, or two weeks ago, however long ago that was, the ref game. <laughs> it's in Chicago, but the Ravens are unsurprisingly favored, and they will, should, they will win the game. Lions-Browns, gross. Texans-Titans, gross. Packers-Vikings, could be fun. Pretty decently fun game. I mean, Kirk Cousins played good this year. Looks good when they throw to Justin Jefferson. The Packers are favored by one point on the road. That'd be a fun one. That should be a fun one. That's on 12 o'clock on Fox. I'm assuming it's going to be the <laughs> the Fox game here in Des Moines. I would uh, I would be shocked if it wasn't. Then we got Dolphins-Jets. Gross. Saints-Eagles is another noon, noon o'clock game. <laughs> uh, Washington football team versus the Panthers. Cam Newton is expected to start. They're trending towards starting Cam Newton this weekend, which would be kind of cool. I mean, I do think it's kind of funny, though. And he could ball out. I don't want to take anything away. He could totally ball out against Washington football team. Do people forget he was awful last year? Like, did we just because he threw a touchdown and ran a touchdown in two plays for the Panthers last week? Like, did we just completely forget that he threw like eight touchdowns last year through fourteen games? Did we just forget about that? Did we forget he got cut this year? Like, everybody's talking about like this is MVP Cam coming back, and this isn't. This is eight touchdowns, like 10 interception camp. Okay. I mean, I'm, I have no real beef with Cam. I'm just, I just think it's kind of funny that everybody's hyping this up like it's Cam Newton from MVP days when it's not. Everybody should know this. Like, Cam is starting this week. Uh, good. Good for him. Yeah. I'm not, I could care less, really. It doesn't really affect me either way. Then we got the Jaguars 49ers, the battle of the C.J. Beathard Bowl, because obviously the 49ers had him and they traded him to the Jacksonville Jaguars or cut him. I don't know. I like to say trade because I don't think C.J. Beathard would get cut ever. Then we got some afternoon games. We got the Bengals Raiders, the Carson Palmer Bowl. This is where Carson Palmer got traded a few years ago. And Hugh Jackson proceeded to call it the greatest trade in NFL history. Then we got the Cowboys Chiefs, battle of some original NFL teams right there. And then Cardinals, Seahawks, and then Sunday night we got the Steelers and Chargers. Remember the last time the Steelers and Chargers played in Los Angeles? Does anybody remember this? They played the Steelers' fourth quarter song in StubHub Center. That was the Chargers stadium. The Steelers fans overpacked the Chargers stadium to the point where they were playing Steelers hype songs during a Chargers home game. Now, this is a completely different era of Chargers football. They're actually fun and good with a fun quarterback, and the Steelers kind of stink. I mean, they're 5-3-1. and three and one. They just tied the Lions, okay? They stink now. I don't know if Ben's supposed to play or not. Who knows? But if Mason Rudolph's starting, the Chargers should obliterate them. Because, <laughs> like we said on last week, last Friday, Mason Rudolph might be 5-3 and three as a starter. That doesn't mean he doesn't stink. Dude sucks. Like, I'm not surprised one bit that they tied on Sunday. And then we got Monday Night Football. I got the Giants-Bucks. The Jason Pierre-Paul Bowl. 
Let's kind of let's actually do this. Let's come up with a name for each game going on this weekend in the NFL. So Falcons Patriots. I mean, this one kind of speaks for itself. The twenty-three to eight bowl. I think that one's an obvious one. Then we got the Colts and the Bills. This one, I think we should call the Whiteout Bowl because the last time these two teams played in Buffalo, apart from the playoff game, actually, or do we call it playoff win bowl? So the Bills' first playoff win in twenty my entire life was against the Colts. Playoff win bowl or the Whiteout Bowl? Two times ago when they played the Colts at home, it was a snow game. What sounds cooler? What sounds cooler? The Blue Balls Bowl because they both wear blue and they both play football? Yeah, the Blue Balls Bowl. Let's do that one. <laughs> Let's do that one. Uh, Ravens, Bears. Oh, God. Um, the Harbaugh Bowl. Because we got John Harbaugh coaching the Ravens. Jim Harbaugh played for the Bears. The Harbaugh Bowl. Then we got the Lions and Browns. Uh, the Depression Game. <laughs> the Depression Bowl. Browns and Lions. The two most depressing franchises of the 21st century. Texans, Titans. Oh, Battle for Houston. Because remember, the Tennessee Titans used to play in Houston. They were the Houston Oilers. So the Houston Bowl, which is which is a bowl anyways, but you know what? We got it. It's in Tennessee, sadly. But you know what would make it funny? If the Titans rocked the Oilers throwback uniforms, that would be pretty sick. Packers, Vikings. Uh, I don't know. What would be a good name? We'll come back to that one. We'll come back to that one. Jets and Dolphins. Yuck game. I don't know. What stupid name can we come up with the Jets? The Chad Pennington Bowl? Yeah, Chad, the Chad Pennington Bowl. That's the game we're going to got on here. Chad Pennington game. Eagles Saints? Uh, the Piss You Off Bowl? I don't think there's a lot of people out there around the NFL that like Saints or Eagles fans, so I think that's a good bowl game we could call that. <laughs> the, the Toxic Fan Bowl? Which I don't have a problem with Eagles fans. I went to a Bills-Eagles game. We had a lovely time. Two people we brought were Eagles fans. No beef with them. But I know like Vikings fans don't like either Saints or Eagles fans, which Vikings, as we talked about, their fans are a little overdramatic 99% of the time. So, yeah, the 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 piss people off bowl, the toxic fan bowl, uh, Washington versus the Panthers, I mean the Cam Bowl, Cam Newton Bowl. I mean, Ron Rivera versus Cam Newton Bowl, the Cam-Ron Bowl. You know what? The Cam-Ron Bowl. There we go. Cam Newton and Ron Rivera, the Cameron Bowl in Carolina this, Saturday, this Sunday. Niners and Jaguars, the Beathard Bowl. I mean, C.J. Beathard is two teams that he played for. The Bengals Raiders, the Carson Palmer Bowl. Again, pretty self-explanatory. Cowboys and Chiefs. I mean, the Cowboys essentially, when they moved to Dallas, or when they ex- just came to existence, they're the team that basically booted the Chiefs out of Dallas. They were the Texans. They were the Dallas Texans, and they got booted out of Dallas and moved to Kansas City. And this was like an NFL-AFL rivalry. So this is like OG Bowl. That's what we'll call this one, the OG Bowl. Cardinals-Seahawks, the short quarterback bowl. Kyler Murray, I don't know if Kyler Murray's going to play. But even Colt McCoy's not that tall. But the short quarterback bowl, the baseball player bowl, I don't know. Something along those lines since Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson both play baseball and are both short compared to other NFL quarterbacks. And then Sunday Night Football, the Renegade Bowl, because the last time these two teams played in Los Angeles, to my memory, in the Stub Up Center... They played Renegade, which is the Steelers' fourth quarter song. Not the Renegade, Renegade. No, not that one. Okay, the other one. So, the Renegade Bowl. And then for Monday Night Football, the Giants and Bucks, the JPB Bowl, or the Finger Bowl, because he had all five fingers on his hand when he played for the Giants. He didn't when he was on the Bucks. So, the Finger Bowl, the Five Finger Bowl. So, those are our bowl games we got going on this weekend in the NFL. Just a recap the 23 Bowl, the Whiteout Bowl, no, the Blue Balls Bowl. 
Then we've got the Harbaugh Bowl. We've got the Depression Bowl. Then we've got the Battle for Houston, the Houston Bowl. We didn't come up with the Packers-Vikings one. The, I don't know, Bang Average Bowl. Because who has anything to say about either team? I I don't know. The, the P-Bowl, because they both have yellow? I don't know. Jets-Dolphins. Did we come up for that one at the Chad Pennington Bowl? Eagles-Saints. We got the Toxic Bowl. Palkin, geez, Washington versus the Panthers, the Cameron Bowl, the Bethard Bowl for the 49ers and the Jaguars. We got the Cam, the Carson Palmer Bowl for the Bengals and Raiders. Then we got the OG Bowl between the Cowboys and the Val for Dallas. I guess we could call that one too, the Dallas Bowl. Then we've got the short quarterback slash former baseball player bowl for Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. And then we got the Renegade Bowl for the Chargers and Steelers and the Five Finger Bowl. Five fingers versus three fingers. Three and a half. I don't know how many fingers technically JPP has at this point in time, but it ain't five. Let's call it like that is. It ain't five. <laughs> it definitely ain't five fingers. Let's just put it like that. So, yeah, I think that's all I've got for you today. The MLS playoffs, they start this weekend as well. So that's very exciting. We've got the New England Revolution. What? The New England Revolution. They don't play till later because they have a first-round bike since it's their best team in the playoffs right now. We got the Philadelphia Union taking on the New York Red Bulls on Saturday at 1.30, and then Sporting Kansas City taking on the Vancouver Whitecaps on Saturday as well at 4. We have Montreal and Toronto playing. Then we have NYCFC taking on Atlanta United, Portland taking on Minnesota, and then Nashville and Orlando, Seattle, and RSL playing on the 23rd. The other games we mentioned are on the 21st. And then the winners for some of those games will take on either Colorado or the New England Revolution. So, yes, we have some exciting stuff brewing in the MLS. The United States, you know, second place in World Cup qualifying standing right now. Canada is number one, which is weird to think about, but they're number one, and I'm perfectly fine with that because at least it ain't Mexico. Okay? That's cool. I'm cool with Mexico just <laughs> struggling at this point in time. But that's all I've got for you today. I really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did not, I can only apologize, but make sure you go and follow me on all forms of social media. We already said all of those. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're following me on the Apple Podcast and Spotify account as well. And with that being said, I will see you all later. Have a good weekend. Peace.